Hey guys, welcome to 100% Twisted Talk, teaching you how to embrace your imperfections and face everything and rise. So today we're talking to Gabby, and I say Gabby Mel, but that's your Insta, um, and we're talking about diets do, diets don't, um, are you willing to give it up? So what's that mean to me? What's that mean to Gabby? What's that mean to you as a listener? So Gabby, I'm going to let you kind of take over, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and go ahead and head into your story. Let's hear it. I'm excited yeah. to hear it. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to chat about this. This is a topic I'm really passionate about. Um, so like you said, my name is Gabby Mayo. I'm 24 years old. I currently live in Lexington, Kentucky, but I'm actually moving to Cincinnati, Ohio here in the next couple of weeks. So big life change coming up, which is exciting. But um, I, where to even begin? So I grew up in a very active family. I My dad was my soccer coach. I was always surrounded by teammates. And I never really thought of activity and fitness in in that kind of way. I just was active. I just I loved playing tennis. I loved playing soccer. I loved just being outside. I was always active, and so I never really had to think about it until soccer ended my senior year of high school. And because I'm surrounded by a family that like just loves being healthy and active, I was smart enough to know that with soccer ending, I needed to do something in order to just keep up my activity level. And I'd always kind of struggled with body image stuff and just feeling like the bigger one on the team and the slower one on the team and just not really being fully happy in my body as we are as teenagers. And so after soccer finished, I kind of, I call it my journey. Number one, I started, um, like dieting because back then in 20, what was this like 2013, 2014, when you go onto the internet and you type in like how to get healthy, it brings up all of these things on Pinterest of 1200 calorie diets and my fitness pal. And there wasn't that much information out there. There was just there. It was very limited. And the information that was out there was very diet culture focused and honestly not very <laughs> accurate. So unfortunately, I had the best intentions, but I went into a lot of dieting and a lot of fitness and working out in the gym setting. And I became obsessed with it because when you are a female and you start to lose weight and you get compliments, it becomes very addictive and it becomes, it's really, really easy to become just obsessed with it. And so unfortunately I did go through, um, what I now know was an eating disorder at the time. I didn't really understand it to be that because I was still eating. I wasn't I didn't have the textbook anorexia. I wasn't throwing up. I wasn't doing all of those things that we see in the media as an air quotes eating disorder. Um, I just was eating extremely healthy. I refused to eat anything with sugar, anything that was bad for me. And it just led me down this path of being just obsessed and having a terrible relationship with food, which then led into having a terrible relationship with myself and with my body and with my friends and family and not really knowing how to have like normalcy in my life. My life was revolved around food. And so when I went into college, I kind of made the decision to try and air quotes, heal myself because I knew what I was doing. I wasn't happy and I didn't feel good. And um, going off to college and kind of getting into a new surroundings and meeting a lot of other women who were telling me the same things like, wow, I really struggled with this too. I started realizing how prevalent it was for women to just like blindly go into dieting and then end up with disordered eating or even an eating disorder and not really knowing that that wasn't normal because we're taught that that that's just what women do and that's what we're supposed to do and that's what we're supposed to chase. And so um, throughout college, I got really into fitness and I always I kind of 
put a little asterisk with that when I when I was in college and I was getting into fitness, I wasn't actually healing my eating disorder. I was kind of using fitness as like a mask for my restrictive eating and whatnot. It was um, it was still unhealthy. I was definitely it was less unhealthy than it used to be, but it was definitely still an unhealthy relationship with food and exercise. And I sort of shift my shifted my unhealthy relationship with food more into exercise. And I became very obsessed with fitness. And um, it wasn't until after college that I really started learning. And I think because of the way social media has been going, there's more information out there. I started learning about food freedom and intuitive eating. And I started surrounding myself with people who weren't 100% immersed in the fitness industry and were living more just like normal lives and, and using fitness just as a tool in their life. It wasn't the everything in their life. Like it was like it had been for me and the people in my life throughout college. And um, the past, I'd say two to three years have really just been a journey of me learning how to find a healthy relationship with food, with movement and learning how to navigate this world that just throws diet culture at you in so many ways. Um, and it's not easy. So, so yeah, that's kind of, that's a little bit of the background on me, especially when it comes to fitness and stuff and pertaining to diets and, yeah, it's. I mean, so many people go through this. You said you did, um, like, you've done bodybuilding competitions yeah. and stuff too. So I'm sure you've probably and I struggled always with reach, that stuff too. Yeah, I reach out to the girls. Well, or, or I know, you know, Lexi DeYoung, Sarah, everybody that, um, my friend Libby, um, that we all have or have had that moment. Whether Libby was on the show Survivor and it, and it took her through that obsession. Weird. I played soccer too. Cool. I played through um, high school and then I started into bodybuilding shows because I had stomach issues. And I developed that. I still now, I haven't done a show in six years. And now it's like, I still think I got to, I got to get up, eat this, eat that, can't eat this, you know, so it's always a struggle. And I do the podcast so strong women can come on and tell people that you are experiencing normal things. Um, You guys are like my mentor, my positive for the day telling me, it's okay because I go through the same things. You're a let's let's dig into you're a social media influencer. Where did that start for you? Um, what do you is it just how'd you get all those followers? You're killing it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I actually had this conversation last night um, with um, someone they were asking, and it's so interesting. I actually I was telling them I got really lucky with my timing because. Same with Lexi. I actually have known Lexi for a long time. Um, I think we both got in kind of right around that 2015, 2016 when like the fitness influencer and Fitzbos, that was like the thing back then. And it was really popular. And I started my Instagram back then. And I was really adamant about providing um, like providing my followers with tangible things and just like knowing that. So when you come to my profile, it's not just about me. Like you're going to come and you're going to get either free advice, motivation, self-love tips. You're going to get, if you DM me, it's harder now with the number next to my name, but I've always been so adamant about responding to people and messaging people and just helping people. I really feel like that's kind of my purpose on in this lifetime is just to serve and to help people. And so um, when I started my Instagram back then, it, it was a lot of just giving people free workouts and talking to people and talking to women. And I think because I created such a deep relationship with so many people and women could actually relate to me, it wasn't just like, Oh, she's an untouchable influencer. Like I'm a real human. So yeah. And I, and I hope, and I hope that people, when they come to my page, they can see that and they can feel that. And I've had people tell me that's why I've really connected with you and stayed with you for so long, because I, you share the raw vulnerable sides. You're not just, 
pretending everything's perfect. I, I talk about my struggles with having cellulite. I talk about my struggles with disordered eating and I'm very open about when, when I'm struggling now. And I think that people really like that because, and I've done that throughout my whole relationship with Instagram, even throughout my changes with like food and fitness and stuff. I just think vulnerability has been a really big key because it, nowadays when you, it's so much, we're just looking, we're just looking at people and it seems like they're not even humans, but when you can connect with someone and you can right. message them and, and you have that conversation, it's, that's when I think you can make a big difference. Yeah. Cause I never made it into that social world and I love hearing from you girls cause they're all my friends, but I never made it into that. So it's so intriguing to me because my business was exactly the, the world you girls are in, but it's just my business. So it's totally different. And it's mm -hmm. gimmicky, and it's a lot of gimmicky. There's so many fitspos now, you know, so I really like real women to hear what y'all go through. What's, you know, it's, I, I reach out to the real women that post the real stuff that write people back. You know, uh, Libby and I were yeah. chatting yesterday. We call it in business world, the engagement game. You want to get on and play the game. And Libby was looking at it from this side as those words really put some life into somebody's day, whether good, whether mm -hmm. negative. Um, so I'm like, man, when I'm writing now, my words are going to mean something totally different. And what do you know yeah. about that gimmick? You know, people tend to see when they're Googling or they're jumping on Instagram. Um, what do you notice about that being in the social media world of like what to watch out for, what not to make sure you're doing the right thing? Yeah, I think from both sides too, whether you're someone who is like striving to be an influencer or like have your own kind of platform, or if you're just a consumer and consuming it, I think at the end of the day, I, one of my biggest pieces of advice, especially for women struggling with body image issues and stuff, is just to make sure that you're following people who make you feel better. And mm. on the other side, you're putting out content that makes you feel good, whatever that looks like. That's your own decision. But as a consumer, and even for me as a consumer, because I'm an influencer and a consumer of, of content and social media, I one of the best things I ever did for myself was clearing out my social media feed. And just especially when I was really deep into the comparison game and when I was healing my relationship with food and with fitness, if I was scrolling and I would see someone who was super lean or shredded or who was always doing workouts or was always posting their meals, it was really triggering for me. And so even some of the girls that I, I do love as humans, I had to kind of mute them or unfollow them for a little bit just for my personal mental health. And I think it's an important message for people to know that it's okay. It's not that you're unfriending them or that you hate them. It's that you are taking your agency over your own mental health and realizing that having this pop up in my, in my face unknowingly is not good for my mental health right now. And so just when you're scrolling through your feed, if there's something that does trigger you or makes you think twice about your body or makes you feel like you have to go do something because they're doing it, stop and ask yourself for a second, is this person good for me? Do I want to see them in my everyday while I'm scrolling? And if the answer is no, you don't have to unfollow them. You can just click mute and then adding people into your feed too who bring positivity, who bring light, who bring a message of the direction that you're wanting to go. So if you're wanting to get more like self-love, self-confidence stuff, follow more self-love and self-confidence creators. And, um, and yeah, just, you have to be really, really cautious these days with social media because it can be really dangerous. Yes, it can. And you said your thoughts of obsession and changing out your social media content. And when you get on your social media, you don't see you bashing yourself. You see a lot of self-love, self-confident. What were those feelings like, though, back in the day of those obsession thoughts? What were some of those thoughts that went through your head, you know, 
I know a lot of women, we won't talk about it, but if you listen to any of my podcasts, sometimes I'm like literally bawling on them. I, I do them in my most vulnerable moments. So people know that it's okay. Like it's, yeah. not, it's not something we're just going to come on and be like, ah, oh, miserable or whatever. What'd you go through back then? What were those thoughts? What were your feelings? Where, how do, how were your actions? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess a little bit of a trigger warning for anyone that was, that is currently going through an unhealthy relationship with food or exercise, but, um, it was a lot of just feeling like I, the best way I can describe it, cause I've thought about this for so long is I felt like I was sitting in a dark room with these thousand pound chains around me and the chains were food. And I felt like I was completely controlled and weighed down by food and what my body looked like. And because in life and as human beings, the, there's two ways to control how we look. And that is by how much we move our bodies and what we put into our bodies. And we as humans, we like, we crave control no matter what. We just, we feel safe when we're in control. And for women, a lot of times when we are out of control, whether it doesn't even have to be body focused, it can be you're going through a divorce or you're going through just hard times in life. If you are are out of control in those areas of your life, which I was, like I was in college and I was unsure what I wanted to do with my life and I was just feeling out of control in all of these other areas. The one place I could have control was in the gym and with what I put in my, in my mouth with food. And that's really unhealthy though, because it's still, you're not, I I never actually was healing that, uh, like that craving of control that I had. And so for me, it was once I finally like realized that the, the, the reason I felt so controlled and so like bogged down and so just ruled by my decisions surrounding what my body looks like. Once I realized that that stemmed from needing to just like release that control I had over the food I was eating and how much I worked out, my life literally changed. I learned about like food freedom and, and that was hard too. Like when you learn about like how much diet culture and how much like all the dieting and everything that you've done your whole life, once you realize how bad that is for you and you want to kind of move into being more free with food it's really difficult because it's easy for me here as a small I'm still like a thin woman it's easy for me to say like yeah be free with food like let go of all the rules drop all the restrictions but it's it's harder if you do live in a bigger body and you do still want to diet and you do still want to lose weight I think there's a really hard dynamic right now in like the self-love industry and in the health industry with like not promoting weight loss, but people still have an innate desire to lose weight. And so it's like, how do we balance like wanting to feel like our best selves, but not wanting to force it to have to mean weight loss and not taking it to an extreme and letting it lead to an eating disorder? Because that's exactly what I did. It was always if I felt out of control, if I felt ugly in my body, if I felt, if I noticed myself when I passed through the mirror and didn't like what I saw, it was instantly, you're starting a diet today, or you're starting, you're, you need to stop eating this, or you need to stop doing that. And that is not a fun life to live, to just constantly be analyzing yourself and then feeling like you have to then restrict yourself from the foods that you love and that are, are good for you and good for your soul and good for your, your like, for just good for you that's hard because it's just a constant cycle that never, ever ends. Yeah. And I always encourage, I say, if you could do anything in your life, it's always good to do a show once. It teaches you such self-discipline 
but it also brings on a bad. Like it brings you on walking by the mirror and going, oh, an ab's gone. Oh my God. Or I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't hit my weight goal or I'm not as ripped or whatever. So it taught me a lot of self-discipline, but it also taught me, and I'm six years out from that, I'm finally just getting to that food freedom. What is a, what's a healthy relationship of your daily eating of food? Is there literally any food you don't eat? Do you count anything? Do you not count anything? Do you think I got to eat five times a day or do you just, what is that for you? So for me, and this took a, and I want to like preface this, it took a very long time to figure out what this looked like. Cause when I tell, when, and I, so I don't actually don't like talking about food that much because I think a lot of times, just like with fitness, we look at these influencers and we see, Oh, what workouts are they doing? I want to do them too. And we do that with food. If they like, eat what that, are they I'm going to eat that too. Yeah. I'm going to eat that too, but we all have such different bodies, such different lives. You should never, ever try and replicate someone's diet because it's what works for them. You, and you don't even know they could have a disordered relationship with food. And then you're literally taking on their eating disorder. So preface this with, I, I don't have any rules around food. The only, and if this isn't even a rule, it's just a, it's literally a way of life. I'm pescatarian. I, I'm mostly vegetarian. Um, and that's, that's more of a spiritual, like just personal decision. It has nothing to do with restriction. Um, but just food in general, I really don't. I I think the second for me and for a lot of people that I've talked to that are on the other side of disordered eating, the second you put any kind of restriction or rule around food, you're entering into a space where you are not allowing yourself to have something that you inherently want or need. And what do humans do when we're told no, we find a way to say yes. And so, or we have to say yes eventually. And then we feel guilty for saying yes or for slipping up or for whatever the case may be. It's rules around food are, are just extremely dangerous to your mental health and for your social health and for all of these other areas of your health, because you're constantly thinking about food. It's just, it's, it's you're depriving your brain of what it said. Yeah. Exactly. And I actually, I heard this the other day and it was such a good point to make. Someone said eating disorders and disordered eating when you have like just a messed up relationship with food, it's honestly one of the hardest mental health problems to, to go through because with these other areas of mental health we struggle with, we can kind of box it away for a little bit. Maybe for a day we can like set it aside. We cannot think about it, but for with eating disorders and food, we have to eat. We have to eat every single day. So you have to confront that disorder or that disordered relationship multiple times a day. It's constantly in your face. And so you're constantly thinking about it. And that was my issue is it was, it was the mental side of it of, of, I literally could not go five minutes without thinking about what am I eating next? And that was the part that felt really just tiring to me, really, really tiring. And so when I made the decision to just drop all of the rules and just, just literally eat what I wanted when my body was asking for it, even if it meant overeating for a couple, couple months until my, my hormones balanced and whatnot, that was the the approach that I took and that I've stuck with because I've now learned to actually listen to my body and listen to what it needs. And, and if I look in the mirror and I don't feel good, the answer isn't, you need to do this with food. You need to take this out of your food. It's let's work on why we're feeling this way about our body. Who told you that you need to have a flat stomach? Why do you feel like, what did you see in your social media feed? What ad did you see? Why are you feeling like you need to look smaller? And so I really approach now when I'm, when I have these negative thoughts, 
I don't approach it of how can I fix this? How can I manipulate my food and workout schedule to, to satisfy this? It's how can I fix my mind and realize that it's fine if you're a little bloated. I'm starting my period tomorrow. It's normal. And I sh- and work on the self-love and the self-confidence side of it instead of trying to force our bodies to look a certain way or to be a certain way because over time, like our bodies are going to change. You're, you said you did your show six years ago. You are, that's so long ago. Like our bodies are in such different places. It, you're going to look different. You're going to feel different. And we often then try and force ourselves back into that same body that was six years ago, but it's never going to be that way. Even if you did eat exactly the same. Right. So yeah, any I'm kind of dieting, years, I'm just, yeah, I'm six years older. I now have a torn hip labrum. I just have been through a lot of stress. You know, what I've learned this year is stress. I did, I was going so many miles an hour I didn't know how sick I actually was until I stopped and I was so obsessed mm-hmm. with eating this year. I heard you say it like if you walk through a mirror. I use mine internally this year. If my insides tell me I feel good after all the day I've eaten, no matter what I've eaten, then I'm good. If I'm feeling pretty miserable, it's probably because I overate or overdid something, but I try not to beat myself up. I'm going on since COVID and half living in Nashville and Jonesboro. Couldn't work out. Um, just starting to get into that, and I'm like the workout guru here at home. I had a boot camp, and so they're like, you only work out three days a week, if that, and I'm like, yep, it just what works, and I don't beat myself exactly. up anymore walking by the mirror. I know my cellulite would go away if I was doing all this, but that's a mental game, and so now mm-hmm. it's just like I just eat. I eat when I'm hungry. I eat till I'm full. I overdo it a lot of the times, but I used to tell my clients this. We eat when we're sad, we're happy, we're celebrating, um, we're mourning, we eat because we have to. We eat. It's just, like you said, all day, every day, it's a mental game. And that's probably one of the Mm -hmm. scariest, hardest mental games that you'll ever have to play. And Mm -hmm. you just got to learn yourself, too, and just... It's okay today. Now, I know people, if we tell our minds no over and over, what do we do? We pick another addiction or we end up just overeating and we do it a long time. And that that's such a hard thing. People always say, well, you're just small. I am, but at this, I know that's a harder journey, you know, to be in a little bit bigger set of a body. And do you diet? Do you don't diet? So that's why I just teach them, mm-hmm. let me put food in your box and you just eat and enjoy. Eat and enjoy and don't yeah. think. And what's one thing you can't live without that your brain thinks about every day? Is it York peppermint patties? Is it a glass of wine? Is it an oat milk cream pie? Is it a bag of popcorn? And if so, like, we'll just put a limitation on that. Okay, two whole cups of popcorn every night. Every night? Mm-hmm. Yes, because you've got to turn that women have so many more hormones in our brains that say, eat food. I'm going through a lot. Chocolate. Yeah, it's so crazy, too. I think one of the biggest one of the biggest pieces of advice I have for people is also releasing that grip we have on having to always be in control of our physical and our nutritional health because there are other areas of our health that are even more important like you said with COVID and stuff like like we are going like there's so many like we need to work on our mental health our emotional health our social health our our social health that's so important right now so that's going to mean going out and having fun with friends and going out to eat and stuff and I think we too often when we think like oh, I want to be healthy. Oh, I want to be healthier. We think that only looks like what we eat and how we move our bodies. But that also looks like a lot of other things, especially when it comes to mental health. And so for anyone struggling to like release that grip on food and fitness, remind yourself that you're not giving up health. 
you're not giving up your health. You're releasing your grip on your need to look a certain way. And you're then focusing on these other areas of your health that are just as, if not more important, that need to be tended to and need to have attention because for so long, it's been masked by you thinking you're healthy because you're eating certain foods that the media has told you are healthy and that you should eat or that make you look a certain way. But that's not actually health. Health is much more complex. And I think a lot of people need to actually take a step back and look at like what their health, what their full health actually is and allow it to shift. Sometimes, yeah, you do feel like crap and you need to go get a good workout in and you need to move your body. But sometimes you feel like crap because you're really tired, you're really sore and you need to rest and have a Netflix chill night with your boyfriend or husband or whatever. And that is healthier for you. And laugh so, and mm-hmm. indulge yep. in those food or movies or time spent. The mind. I mean, the mind has been a big, I never knew my mind was so messed up <laughs> until yeah. this year. I was like, oh my gosh, all these clients I've had for all these years, I had never been through trauma. I didn't know that mm-hmm. trauma, I'm like, I see what all these people were like, Rose, how do you get past that? How do you do this? And I'm like, you just do it. You just do it. Mm-hmm. But I got it for the first time in a long time. I got it. I got what stress did to you. I needed two hours in the morning in my chair to even become functional, to read, mm-hmm. to do my devotional, to just have quiet, just to sit in the quiet. And a lot of people forget that may be what you need. I needed mm-hmm. to, after work, just go eat dinner every night with somebody and have a conversation and feel no- yeah. And that gave me so much freedom this year. Yeah. And, and, and it's fun. So I want to ask you, I'm like, I'm like, now I'm turning into the, the podcast host, but I think it's a really good point to make that if you, and maybe back in the day, you would have taken this approach just because you were in a different headspace. But if instead of taking those, those two hours to focus on your spiritual health and your mental health, if you instead would have went to the gym because you, because that was the only thing that you like felt would help you and you didn't go out to eat with your friends and you started working on doing a show or something. It's like, do you see how, like how much better you actually feel that now, like, do you truly feel healthier overall? I do. And to go through any kind of trauma, whatever it is to come, to be able to come out of that and be okay and just have moments. I think that's mm-hmm. so people are like, how'd you co- get over it so fast? I'm like, well, I didn't. There's lots mm-hmm. of down moments, but I also know what I need now. So instead of distracting yourself, you were actually healing yourself. Yeah, because I, I still beat myself up like I should have been in the gym this week. I haven't been one time this week. I need to go. But I'm taking a mini trip to Austin and just for myself to get away for two days because today is my birthday. Thanks for doing my podcast. Oh, my and gosh. Say happy birthday. <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. Like, this is good for my mental health and it just looks yeah. a lot different these days. So it's good that... People can see that coming from normal people and whatever it is, it's good for your mental health. What do you do on a daily Mm -hmm. basis? Do you work too? Yes. Yeah. So I I own my own businesses. I do obviously social media stuff. That's like my main form of income is working with sponsors and working with companies to share their products on my page as a content creator. But then I also own a clothing company with my boyfriend. We thrift um, and upcycle shirts and sweatshirts and flannels and it's been that we actually was a quarantine project that like turned into a business, which it's been so much fun to actually do something offline that's not social media focused and is more creative. 
Um, so I, I do a lot with that. Um, and then I also own a um, retreat company with my best friend, Mick, uh, Mick Zazon on Instagram. She's like a huge body confidence creator. Um, we It's called the Rose Retreats. And so we've done a couple of retreats Rose? in 2018. Yeah, the Rose Retreats. That's so Rose cool. stands for, I know, yeah, Rose stands for Restore, Overcome, Self-Love, and Empower. And it actually started when we both were really healing from our she very similar story. Like she's been through a lot of trauma and eating disorders and stuff like that. And so we just wanted to bring women together who are going through that, have been through that and wanted to want to learn. And so we've done, we've done them in America. We've done them in Canada. And this year we actually have one coming up, um, a virtual one April 17th and 18th. So right now we're like months about over a month out. So we're under a month out. So we have a lot of my day has been on the phone with the event planner and working on relic 96 clothes stuff and creating content. So I, I work a lot, but I, I I've been going to therapy. I started therapy in December and my therapist and I have really worked on setting work boundaries. That's been like the biggest thing for me recently is like learning when to like stop. And is there take a stopping point? <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Like, okay. So I, I didn't know what you did on a daily basis. So I didn't know if you had an eight to five. And so tell us, I know we just kind of sat here and talked about it. You're a social media influencer, but you actually have businesses that still Mm -hmm. don't thrive off social media, but you have to be on there, you know, 100%. You have to be on there. I was able to build these businesses fast and make them successful because of my social media platform, which is amazing. But as someone, I don't even like the term influencer, but as someone with a platform, it is huge to me to, to be an entrepreneur. Like I, I, I wouldn't be able to just create content for a living. I love owning businesses and creating new businesses and helping people with business stuff because that's like where I'm, I'm really, really passionate. And, and it's nice to get away from the social media side of things um, so yeah, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm always doing something new. I like officially have to like stop myself. I'm like, Hey, you've got enough on your hands now. Let's just focus on, well, that's, on actually building those. That's so. really cool. First entrepreneur. I mean, cause here I am on a Sunday. I've already done emails. We're launching samplers today. I've done a podcast. Do you make yourself stop? Do you, do you stop at all? Or are just like yeah. seven days? You kind of do it. I just go, I can't help it. I usually, I usually to be really fair. Yes. I, I there's never, I, can't remember that there's been a day where like I've done literally no work. There's days that I like actively will not work a lot. So I'm always, I'm always going to check Instagram. I'm always going to answer some DMS because that is work for me. Like that is answering those DMS posting and keeping up with that stuff. That, that is a, a form of work. Um, we just had a restock for our, our business. So we're packing orders and stuff, but it's not as active. So it's more, it's more of a passive work. So Yes, I do stop. And actually, I'm going also going on a trip. I'm leaving tomorrow, um, yeah. going to Hilton Head for a few days. Mm. So that will be my time to kind of decompress. But that being said, I'm going with Mick and we're going to work on Rose Retreat stuff. So oh, yeah, it's kind and of you'll, more just like you'll DM, switching you'll do, gears. I, I do the same yeah. thing. Well, cool. But well, I think it's more important to create boundaries within your day too. So like if I feel myself getting really overwhelmed and stressed, that's when I will stop. Not for the whole day, but I'll stop for 10, 15, 20 minutes and say, you need to stop and take a break eat some food and don't sit and scroll through Instagram and eat your, like focus on eating your food for a second. I'm doing the and, same thing. When I feel it here, yep. I know, but we just got to know mm-hmm. what those feelings are. I just go, okay, I'll even text Rachel, our athlete manager and be like, Hey, I'm getting off social for like four hours. I just need a break. I might get back on it at 10 o'clock tonight, but yep. I just, 
that people forget social media is 24-7. People are riding around mm-hmm. the world at different time zones with different questions. You can't be like, hey, only write me 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. They're writing yeah. when they're interested, when they have a question, when they, when they want to ask something about your product. So now that you're an entrepreneur, yep. how sweet. How can we, now that I love hearing stories because it just connects us where I just, I check on everybody all the time. I want to yeah. intrigue We'll have watch to do another stuff. episode that's like, more entrepreneurial focus because I love talking about that Uh, stuff too. Yeah. So where can we support you? Where do we find you besides Gabby Mel? What, where do we support you? Tell me all those socials or websites. Yeah. Yeah, So if you go to Gabby, just Gabby Mel on Instagram, I have them all in my, in my bio. So it's super easy to click, but, um, it's relic 96 on Instagram is our clothing business. Okay. Um, and it's upcycled apparel. And then, um, our other, for the retreats, it's just at the Rose retreats. Um, and that's our retreat page. So, and then same for websites, relic, relic96.com and the rose events.com. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. I do a lot of stuff. There's so much, but again, the hub is my personal page. So on at Gabby mail on my Instagram, you'll be able to find all of the other things I do because they've all been created thanks to that original platform. And because people believe in me and because people are invested in me as just a human being, which I'm so grateful for, I've then been able to create other businesses with my other interests that are very different, but kind of all the same. And I got lucky in the same way. I mean, with the food and then changing it right into dough and social media is a hard world and a hard game. But if you could give anybody um, last tip advice on um, answering on social media, on something that could help better the world on Mm -hmm. how you're feeling or what you can put out there to make sure you're bringing up others, not bringing them down. What would that, what would that be like for you? Yeah. So I'm actually reading, um, uh, the monk mindset by Jay Shetty. And he, I I was listening to it this morning and he said something today that this is what I want to tell people. So I'm not going to take credit for this. This was his advice. And I'm, I'm going to do this too, so we can do it together. But I think he, and he wrote this book a few years ago before the pandemic. So it was, it's just interesting that I think after the pandemic, this is really important. We need to get better at pausing and talking to strangers and being kind to strangers. And it, even if it's not. Okay. So let's go back real quick, finishing up, talking to Gabby about. What could you do to be better in the world, to help social, to be nice to people, to whatever that means? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just connect with people. So if you, if you see someone walking past your door every day, or you see someone in the store, whatever the case may be, just connect with people. Even if it's people that are close to you, people, strangers, just really work on, it's something that I'm making a goal every day to like, just connect with someone. Even if it's an old friend that I've maybe haven't texted in a long time and need to catch up with. My goal right now is just connect because I think after this pandemic and us not being able to see each other, we're more connected online, but we're also not like we're, we're connected to in, a, in a business way, but we're not really actually taking time to connect with our loved ones and, and with strangers too. So my, my advice to you right now is to work on connecting with yourself, with your loved ones and with strangers so that we can all just like work on healing as a, as a human race. Yeah, and connection and communication. That's why I like to get on and just sit here and see because we're doing all that through just a text these days, and that's not not good. It's grown some businesses or whatever, but I just think we need to all be able to communicate, and also that will help. I was We talk about a lot of the negativity sometimes on those socials, 
and it it's not good for people. It's not good to be negative mm-hmm. like that. It's not. And I said, ask Libby, so what can we do to improve that? She's like, smile before you write. And I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. kind of true. Like, I can't be like, ooh, don't like your picture. Ooh, so, you know, if I'm smiling, doing it, you know, working on that connection yeah. with yourself even. And to connect with people and to get through communication, good, bad, just being able to do that. I feel like we're all getting more distant and we should be getting closer together during this time. Amen. Yep. Well, thank you for joining me, Miss Gabby. That was fun. Um, Thanks for joining the 100% Twisted Face Everything and Rise.